Waiting is hard, isn't it? What do you do when life is difficult and it doesn't seem like God is moving as fast as we would like? How do you wait and wait patiently? Well, join us today on the Press On Podcast as we continue to talk about the Psalms. Hey, welcome to the Press On Podcast. This is episode 114. My name is Justin. I'm so glad you are joining us. We have been just going through the Psalms, picking out Psalms, diving in a little bit deeper. And uh, let, let me just uh, break down like my my thought process behind going through the Psalms and, uh, and how I have just kind of slowed down because my my thought was that first week we'd do something between 1 and 10, second week between uh, 11 and 20, and then every episode would be another 10. But it seems like I just get stuck right here in the, the midst of the 20s, and I'm okay with that. You see, uh, in my own personal reading, uh, in the mornings when I get up, my, my, my game plan, because I believe when you're studying scripture, when you're spending time with God, you should have a game plan because so many people just kind of wander around aimlessly. They just kind of flip open their Bible and they don't know what to read and don't know uh, what they're doing. And so I think in order to have an effective time of study, you have to have a game plan. So my game plan was to do uh, about 10 Psalms every week for my personal study. Uh, that means a little bit more than one a day. Um, it was a big undertaking, and I'm, but I'm like, I, I got to do this. Uh, but something happened, and I've been stuck on uh, the psalm we're going to talk about today for, for the last several days, and I'm okay with that because I think sometimes uh, just trying to get through Scripture just to do it uh, it leads to not really understanding and fully allowing it to to marinate in your heart and on your mind. And so I believe fully that sometimes God is going to slow you down on purpose, and and He's going to put on your heart to just slow down and to really think about some of the things you're reading. And and like I said, uh, the psalm we're going to talk about today has just been on my heart. Um, so I thought it would be wise to just slow down today and talk about it. And so I hope you enjoy uh, this as much as I have over the last several days. Psalm 25, the Psalm of David. David writes this, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. 
All the paths of the Lord are steadfast, love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all of my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Man, I, I just, I love this psalm so much because every time I read it, something just kind of sticks out to me uh, and it just, something new just always just grips me every time I read it. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that uh, there's a word that really I kept getting hung up on because um, in most translations, this word's in it, but in our English uh, language, how we speak, we never use this word, and it's that word wantonly, um, uh, W-A-N-T-O-N-L-Y. Um, I, I googled it. It means in a deliberate or uh, un, unprovoked way, in a deliberate or unprovoked way. And so he, the David's saying that they shall be ashamed, those who are deliberately treacherous who who are unprovoked but they're still coming at me they're there uh, I didn't do anything to them but they're um they're harming me for no right for they don't have the right to harm me but they're they're trying to is essentially what David's trying to say so if you're wondering like I was wondering what that word is that is what it is uh, and then you jump down to verses 6 through 7 three times David says remember remember not only is he calling God to remember God's love for him, he, he's also confessing sin here. He says, remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. transgressions. And then later he says, um, uh, forgive all my sins in verse 18. So so David knows that, that, that as the walls are caving in, as uh, life seems to be crumbling down on him, he needs to call out to God uh, but one of the things he has to do is to confess. And here's um, something that has really stuck out to me, that there is a strong connection between deliverance and guidance and confession of sin. David knew this, is that, that, that he wanted God's deliverance. He wanted God's guidance in this tough situation, but he knew that in this moment he really needed to confess some sin uh, that he had partaken in in his younger days. Now, to be honest, I don't know if this was written before the sin with Bathsheba or after, but I do know that David was human. And as humans, we make mistakes and, and we fall short of the glory every single day. And so so we are a people who, who need to be in this idea of constant confession when we mess up because... Uh, there's that connection between deliverance and guidance. 
Now, I'm not saying that God will only help you out if you confess, that that that, that if, if you're stuck in sin, that, that God's never going to uh, be there for you. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but there is this strong connection here. And God does want us to confess. He wants us to turn everything over to Him, give up the things that we're holding so tightly to. It's so important. And then we move on, verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Uh, we see that, that David is describing God as good and upright. Later he talks about his love and his faithfulness. David is giving God these attributes of who he knows God to be. You can tell in this psalm that David has a deep relationship with God. A deep relationship, so much so that he's comfortable confessing his sin. In fact, one of the things that stood out to me is verse 14. It says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. Now, it's interesting that idea of the friendship of the Lord, being a friend with God. It's not seen a lot in the Old Testament, or so I thought. But it actually is, because it is the Hebrew word sod, S-O-D-E. Um, it's often translated as counsel, or secrets, or company, or intimate friendship. And this idea is this deep intimacy shared between a person and God. He's saying that, that the people who fear God, the people who know who God is, and respect Him and revere Him, they're going to experience this deep intimacy, and we see this deep intimacy played out uh, with David and God here in this psalm. Now, the last part I want to talk about is one of my absolute favorite parts of the psalm. In fact, I write a Bible verse on my whiteboard above my, my desk every week uh, so I can reflect, and this week uh, it's this verse. Uh and it's verse 21. It says this, May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. David's saying, I'm waiting on God to deliver me out of this situation. I'm, I'm waiting for God's guidance in this tough time right now. But while I wait, I'm going to live with integrity. And I'm going to live with uprightness. And hopefully that's going to preserve me as I wait upon God. And here's something that I've said for years is that hope, having hope, finding hope, giving hope, it usually involves a lot of waiting. We see it over and over again. Wait upon the Lord. Because God doesn't always move in our timing. Hope involves a lot of waiting. Ask uh, Jacob. And Joseph, Joseph, I mean, Joseph went through so much in his life. And all through Joseph's story, it's said that, that, that God was with him. But it wasn't only until the end, when Joseph gets his coat back, when he's uh, given a signet ring, when he's placed second in command of almost the entire world, Joseph had to go through a lot. He had to wait. But there was hope, hope usually involves a lot of waiting. I remember when I was in college, I, I was really honored uh, because my college, it means a lot to me still to this day. I, I love that place. It trains up men and women to go out into the world, whether it's in vocational ministry or uh, just everyday life and how to live for Jesus, how to teach Jesus, how to, how to be Jesus to a dark world. 
And, and I got the honor of giving tours uh, at the college and trying to recruit people to come to college there. And uh, it was such a, a special time in my life. And uh, one of the things that we used to joke about uh, was that that a lot of the professors or the president, they would give the same speeches each tour uh, because it was different kids coming to to hear about the college. And uh, it was funny, though, because a lot of us would have those speeches memorized and we uh, we could almost quote them verbatim. And, and I remember one professor, he would tell the story of this uh, bull rider. I believe he was a bull rider, something in a uh, rodeo world. Um, and I believe his name, I might get it wrong, but I believe his name was Strand Smith. And the story goes like this, is that, that uh, early on in his career, he was super young and he was poised to win the national championship. Uh, and he had a setback. And he he didn't get to compete for the national championship. A few years later, uh, same situation except then I believe he had a heart attack or or some health issue, and and it was just a setback after setback after setback, and and then finally, uh, Strand Smith wins the national championship, and in inter- in an interview, he was asked um, about this and what it would have been like to win it. Uh, earlier on when he was really young and he said these words and I might not get all the details of the story right but the words he said I'll never forget he said I never wanted my ability to take me where my character could not keep me and it's this idea of he knew that 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 he could have won the national championship when he was younger but he would have wasted the money he won he would have uh, he would have wasted the time and the fame and the the acclamations that he got. But over the years, through the setbacks, he gained this character, he gained this integrity so that that, that, that when he did win, he was able to stand strong as a man of integrity, as a man of uprightness, as David would say. And sometimes, sometimes when, especially when life gets hard, we are faced with the decision. We can live how we want. We can try to take control of our lives. We can try to control the situations. Or we can wait, knowing that, that God has a plan. And in the waiting, we can live with integrity. Who are you when nobody else is watching? We can live with uprightness. That that. In the end, when God does come through, when he does redeem us from all of our troubles, we can say that man, my integrity, my uprightness preserved me to this moment. And I believe wholeheartedly that 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 moment will be even sweeter because of how we lived. You might be asking, what gets us through those moments, those low moments when it doesn't feel like anything is happening in our favor? It's when we lean into that deep intimacy, that deep friendship with God. We confess our sins. We spend quality time with Him. And we wait patiently because God is up to something far bigger, far greater than we could ever hope or imagine. Man. That gives me the the encouragement. That gives me the strength to do one thing each and every day, and that is to press on. 
Hey, I can't wait to see you next week. Until then, adios.